This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap for the weekend. Mark Aflalo is here. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. I mean, it's not like, you know, Elon Musk bought Twitter this week or anything. There's nothing to talk about. So what will we talk about? Let's find out. You're listening to Double Tap, the weekend edition, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Mark Aflalo. Hey, welcome along to another show. Mark Aflalo is here. How are you? Oh, hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Honestly, I have no idea what we're going to talk about this week because we've talked about Elon. We've talked about Twitter, um, although it does seem that every single day, Elon comes up with something new for us to get excited about because he's running the company through Twitter. Yeah, I mean, he's taking advantage of the platform to basically tell everybody what's going to happen. Um, I, I love one of the headlines I saw on The Verge, which said, Welcome to hell, Elon. You break it, you buy it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he's kind of, there was a few choice words just in the first few sentences of that uh, article, which kind of explained everything really pretty well. It's a great article, actually. Um, yeah, it's been an interesting week. What's, what's your take on all this then? Because I, I, we haven't really spoken on air about this Are together. Are we diving right into this? Happened. My God, yeah. I'm not even awake yet, Stephen. This is like, oh, <laughs> let me get that crap out of my eyes and have a coffee or something. <sighs> yeah, coffee going first. Go. I've, got, I've got iced coffee with me today. Iced oh, coffee. Oh, look at you. Uh, oh, you're living with the times. This must be summer uh, summer weather out there in uh, <laughs> yes, right. Scotland land. Oh, it's at least um, it's at least about, what, 20 degrees here? Minus, yeah, no, it's sorry, really beautiful. 20. Let me get that right. No, it's not minus 20. It's actually, you know, this weekend anyway. It's supposed to be like 20, 21 degrees in, in Canadaland, or at least where I am. So I'm looking forward to it. I hear voices behind you. Is that your imaginary friend or is that, that is, just the only friend I you? have is, is my beautiful friend, uh, Eddie, is my screen okay. reader voice, also known to most people as Eloquence. And, you know, okay. the, the, the problem when you have speech software running on computers, is, yes. especially if you have them open to the room, is that they just talk all the time. And really, there's nothing, and you can, it's like whack-a-mole. So a notification comes in and it just starts talking. Yeah, it just starts talking. An email comes in, it just starts reading it. I love that. I love the the lack of privacy that I have in my life. That would be actually fun. You know, I I had, my wife actually told me this this story, and this gives you, this is a good segue, I think, into the conversation about Twitter in general. And there was a woman who was in, I think, in New Zealand. She was just promoted. She was $200,000 a year job, the vice president of some kind of company. And she was on a conference call that was um, because she was on a different time zone. She was like four in the morning and she's on this Zoom call and it's going on. And she's like, you know, what? hang on a second. I'm going to go make myself a coffee. They keep talking in the background. She goes to make a coffee and the coffee machine explodes. So her instant <laughs> reaction is, oh, I got to record this for TikTok, right? So she records 15 <laughs> seconds of this video on TikTok and goes about her day, continues to the call and gets a call about 12 hours later saying, I just wanted to let you know that you've been terminated effective immediately. And the reason is, is because during your 15 second TikTok video, our vice president was in the background talking about confidential information and you put it on the Internet. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't think that was going on in her mind when she was recording that uh, video. And But this is the state of things. These are the things that you have to be concerned about, especially when you're involved in corporations or companies that take their privacy very seriously. Now, for, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, who knows what they were talking about? It could have been something that is co- completely inconsequential in our lives, but to the company and to their you know rules and privacy, that was just too much and i get it i completely get it but it just you know at what point do we have to to worry about those kind of things you know getting in in the way of our lives yeah absolutely i I was telling a story a couple of weeks back on the show about a time i was on a call with someone and i used to have this thing it was like a little box and the audio from the computer would go into the box and your uh, landline office phone would be connected into this box as well and it meant that I could wear a pair of headphones I could have my screen reader talking into my headphones and then if a call came through I could use the same headset so I wouldn't have to be like taking the the headset off to answer a call and do all that stuff I could just do it all through the headset and hear what was going on what I didn't know was that what was playing out from the screen reader was going back down the line oh and I'm I want to call with someone and I sent a message to someone else saying, this person I'm speaking to is really boring. Oh, Stephen. And I didn't know that they could hear it. Now, oh. fortunately, the speed of the screen reader is such that 
for most people, it's just a noise. But all so I heard was the other he person. did not pick up on it? Well, they did. All they picked up on, though, was, oh, I hear a voice talking. I hear something oh, speaking. And at that point, I realized they could hear it. And uh, I had to very quickly... Uh, insert space S is your friend, Jaws listeners. Insert if, space uh, S. Insert oh space and then God. S, and that will. I'm going to do that in a second, actually, to shut uh, Jaws up in a second over here, which is what I should have done before I came on. Uh, it, it, I was intrigued. By, I guess I'm always intrigued by this. I love pulling the curtain back on this one and asking you because the other day you yesterday, in fact, you had to jump into my computer to do something, and the screen reader was rabbiting away. What was? Yeah, what, yeah. What's, I know you kind of just go with it because it's us, but. <laughs> What's going through your mind when you're hearing that? Are you thinking, gosh, how do you understand that? Or are you kind of picking up on it? No, I, I've gotten to the point now where I understand how you understand it, and I can almost keep up with it. And I, and I say that because, you know, in, in the work that we do, we deal with a lot of captioning and transcription, and I'm mm. reviewing a lot of captions. Because, you know, a company might promise 99.9% .9 accuracy, so you got to catch that 0.1%, unfortunately, because it's always there. And I find myself listening to it in double speed. I would go mm. faster if I could. But I listen to it in double speed just to be more efficient with my time because I'm reading on the screen versus listening to it and trying to go with it. But I mean, it definitely I mean, I can definitely understand how your brain might need some downtime every once in a while just to kind of flush out all the all the literal <laughs> voices in your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can be a little bit interesting. Uh, but yeah, so Twitter. Um Let's let's uh, talk a little bit about let, this. Let, let, can we start with this so for a second? Much. So, so one of the things that happened, uh, not not even this past week, but the, the week before, was uh, you know uh, Kanye West was actually allowed back on the platform. Apparently, a decision made prior to Elon Musk's purchase going through. Yet it was brilliantly timed so that the second that it happened, Elon Musk was there and in power. Mm. Maybe like a maybe like a last minute kind of like, haha, you before you give me my severance package, my golden parachute and I leave. I don't know. But he's come out and said Twitter will not allow anyone who is deplatformed for violating Twitter's rules back on the platform until we have a clear process for doing so, which will take at least a few more weeks. It, there are moves and there is little dribbles of information that are coming out of this transaction that seem logical and give a sense of somewhat of somewhat promise moving forward for this platform. That being said, there's a lot of conversation about whether or not Twitter was done for before Elon Musk even took took part in it. Mm -hmm. Like, is this is are people going to drive like run back to it? Or we're going to see this big exodus because people don't like him. I think I, I think it's going to be a happy medium, but I don't know what the future is for this platform or how on earth it's going to evolve. But I can tell you this. If you use previous experience with this guy at the helm, he has a good track record. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's funny because he this guy is I mean, I, I want to say he's a genius. He is a genius. This guy has come up with some great concepts, great ideas. And. You know, I, I don't really see the big problem here. I know he's he's the, the issue a lot of people have is because he's so upfront with his comments and he's so he puts everything out there on the table. Um, and of course, there's always distrust as well, right? Is he really telling yeah. us the truth? Is that really how he feels? I think time is going to tell. And I guess the other question is, where are people going to flock to? I mean, is everyone going back to Facebook? I don't think so. I don't think so. I I don't. I don't think that's going to happen anytime in the near future. Um, yeah, it's 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 a lot of money to pay for something. <laughs> you know, yeah. forty four billion dollars is a lot of money to pay for something if you didn't actually believe that it had potential or could go somewhere. So, I, I guess there's that. There's that little element of okay, uh, you know, clearly he sees some kind of vision here. So do we do we hang in and see where this goes? I think we're going to, regardless of whether we say we do or don't, we're all going to kind of be hanging on and wondering what will he do next. But what it means for us as consumers and using using the platform, uh, I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm really, I'm just not sure. It's hard to tell. It's, it's so unpredictable. I've been watching the, the debate on Twitter, and obviously a lot of my Twitter following is around disability advocacy and something else talking now. I mean, what, how many things? I've just how many voices do you have off. in your head? Honestly, um, never buy another iPad, by the way. The, 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 do you know what? iPads are great, but they just they just talk all the time. They just never stop talking. Nothing in my life stops talking. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've been watching a lot of conversation around where uh, people might go. And one of the areas, <laughs> excuse me a second, I'm going to... 
Oh, Steven, Steven, I'm this phone out of this a window a, in a minute. It's been a week behind the scenes, guys. Um, behind the scenes at home, I want you to realize this has been a week of just absolute um, tech garbage mishap flights. Just just a week, man. Yeah, just a week. And of course, it's Halloween week. So what what other what, what other enough. thing would we expect? You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, yeah. So as I'm saying, I think I think the thing about uh, where people might go as opposed to Twitter. I'm seeing Mastodon as a potential place for people to go. Okay. I don't think it's the most accessible place in the world from what I'm hearing, but it just seems to be that because it's decentralized, because it's a place that's run by individuals, this is going back to, I guess, the conversation we've had with Chris Matthew over time around this decentralized web, Web3. Um, this seems to appeal to a lot of people. But, the, you know... Does that really solve the problems that people are saying that Twitter has? I mean, if it's if it's about regulation, if it's about watching what people say, if it's about controlling free speech, as some people would like to do, then going somewhere like Mastodon isn't going to solve that, right? You're just you're just opening no. up to you know, I guess maybe bigger echo chambers. Well, and I think we're also really what, what I, th- it is. I think we're all creatures of habit, right? So we talk a really big game. And I'm speaking on behalf of the entire world. Just wanted to let you know. Mark, um, world. I think I think we Mark. speak. We we uh we we talk a really big game. But at the end of the day, we're such creatures of habit that we're. It's gonna take something pretty catastrophic for us to jump off the platform if that's a platform that we regularly use. Um, so you know, sit back, relax, enjoy the ride. Uh, you know, watch the news come out. I mean, there's so many rumors, but I don't think we're really gonna know how, what the future really means. Um, for a while, but I think it's going to evolve into something. And, you know, I'm surprised he didn't go try and buy Meta. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Give it time. Who knows what else is in his, his radar? I mean, who knows? Let's see how this goes. Um, speaking of rumors, yes. there's one rumor that's been going around uh, this week, which is interesting because it's the exact opposite of what we've heard in recent weeks. Uh, and I know it's going to impact you personally. Oh, are you talking about the MacBooks? I am. Oh, <laughs> no new MacBooks until twenty twenty three. No new MacBooks, no, but nothing. also no new Mac Pro. Yeah, nothing until twenty three. Apparently, so, so they say, is this is this Apple going back on their word? Because they said within a two year period mm-hmm. they're going to be out of Intel, done, and that's not going to be the case if we don't see a new Mac Pro with with Apple's own silicon. Now, granted, it seemed. I, I know we were used to this one year cycle of new chips and stuff like that, but it seemed like this M2 having only been released earlier this year to see an M2 Pro and a, a Pro Max or Ultra, whatever you're going to call it. It seemed a little quick for me anyway. Mm. And and there was a tweet about a week ago or a week and a half ago of Tim Cook at one of Apple's R&D facilities in Austin. I think they're promoting the opening of a new facility in Austin talking about how he's looking at the advancements and how things are going really well with the next generation of Apple and M2 processor. But it seemed like, okay, well, if you're tweeting this out now, then you're clearly not ready to really showcase this. So was that a hint that maybe we weren't going to be ready for it? And and the reason, by the way, for all these rumors is, is they had their earnings call just about a week ago. And during the earnings call, they said that their, their product lineup is set for the holidays. And when they right. say that, that means normally that there's nothing else coming. Could they surprise us with something new? They could. Could this be a press release update? Yeah, it could. But if they're telling consumers that they're set, then they're basically saying, go shop now. And that pisses me off because I'm literally holding the papers to my return of my Apple MacBook lease right here, shipping instructions, which ends in nine days from now. And I have to send this back and have no laptop because I've been waiting. I'm not going to just jump out and buy something for the sake of buying it now, because these are not cheap investments. No, that's exactly it, right? I mean, th- this is a lot of money to put out there. And look, I've, I've, I saw a comment by Paul Thorot, who I, I love reading on Twitter, and uh, he made the point. He's like, you know, you people are so excited about buying new Macs. <laughs> Honestly, he's like, what's wrong with what you've got? And, you know, he, he makes a good point. I mean, for someone like me, I've got sitting here a MacBook Pro with the M1. I think it's the Max in it. I can't remember. It's the Pro or the Max, one of the two. And it is so good. It is so fast. It is so decent. There is nothing more I need. The only thing I'm a bit bothered about is I wish I'd got one with a higher uh, or larger storage. I think that's the only thing I could have really done with. But other than that, it's absolutely fine. Um, But if you, and I've got that, and that's great. Now, for you, you're going to have to buy something 
I know the feeling. You don't want to go out there and buy something and then two weeks later, as as I did. Remember, I bought the 15-inch yeah. MacBook Pro in Canada. Two weeks later, the 16-inch comes out with the better keyboard, yeah. with everything else. That, you know, it's an issue, it's an issue, and it's it's. I understand the logic behind you know, be happy with what you have. Um, uh, I'm not upgrading this every year. This is a three year cycle for me. Like this has been three years since I've been using the same machine, and also struggled with it. Mm. You know, there have been a lot of problems with it in terms of battery life and stuff like that. And I've dealt with it, and I've reinstalled software, and I've done that, all that stuff that I could do. And I was looking forward to this day because I was ready to, it was ready. It was a three-year cycle. I'm ready to upgrade. I'm not buying a new computer every year. I have the same situation with my Mac Pro, which is my main machine, which is working decently well. But the problem really comes down to the fact that new software updates are built to take advantage of the latest processing power. And even though they still work with previous generations, they're no longer optimized for those generations. So... You know, a program like Premiere or Final Cut or even just Word or Pages or any programs like that, when they come out today and updates are put out today, it's not to maximize compatibility with a three-year-old machine. It's to maximize compatibility with what's out there now. And the power from three years ago may not be adequate enough, even though it was insanely good three years ago. It just may not be adequate enough, or there may be a couple nuances that just make it not the best experience on those older machines. And that's where I find myself today. I have a great machine. You know, when I when I leased this machine, the value of it was $21,000 when it came out, okay? And M1 chips and M2 chips have completely blown the, the benchmarks and the processing away. It's a great machine for everything. Like, I can do everything I need on it. But there's certain places where I just find it choking and mm. struggling. To keep up and things that I could see other people doing on that M1 or that M2 that aren't happening. So that's why I think that, you know, keeping up with the Joneses is, is something important to do when it, when your business relies on it. And in my case, this is something I'm looking forward to and it's a three year cycle for me. So I'm going to hold on. I think I'm going to hold on. You know, um, Microsoft has sent me a Surface and a Surface book to play with uh, for a couple months. So I think I'm going to really kind of go head first in on those on those devices. Uh, and force myself to really get back into Windows a bit and see, can I put this machine up to the M1s and the M2s of the world and get what I need to get done, done? I'm pessimistic about it, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I think when it comes to video editing, but then I don't know, lots of lots of people do video editing on PC now and they go on fine. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's not like the, the hardware's not there. I mean, yes, you are running on Intel. You will be able to cook an egg at the same time. Which is I'm good. Fine I mean, once you're I'm fine rendering, you can make an, a small breakfast for yourself. I like that. I could throw just throw in the back a good fried egg. <laughs> Sit on the I top like of the it. tower. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's funny you mentioned the Surface because I've been uh, I set up my Surface laptop, my Surface Pro Eight, which uh, was sent to me by Microsoft a while back. That's the thing that keeps making all the noise over there. Oh, um, is that what's going on? And the reason I really like that, there's a lot of reasons I like this this particular tablet. I'm not a huge fan of the design. I'm not a huge fan of the keyboard. I don't like the kickstand thing. Um, there's a lot of the aesthetics of it I don't like, but there's two things I love. One is the speakers. Great sound off this thing. Probably best laptop sound I've, I've heard in a long time. Because the other laptop, my favourite laptop of all time, was the Lenovo ThinkPad, but the speakers on it were awful. Wasp in a jar comes to mind. Uh, not brilliant at all. But this thing, great speakers on it. The second thing is the camera and Windows Hello. Oh, yes, definitely. Honestly, that is the best thing in the world. That should be, I mean, why that isn't on every, I mean, f that is one thing when I go to the Mac, I'm like sitting waiting for it. So, oh, no, it doesn't do that on this one. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, whereas, you know, I love it because even with Jaws speaking, it will say, looking for you, looking for you. And then it says, welcome back, Stephen. And then I know I'm in. It's just brilliant. I absolutely love that. And I wish that was on all laptops. I, I, that's not across the board, is it? Or is it just on Microsoft hardware or? Um, no, it's on more than Microsoft hardware, but it needs a special sensor. And definitely the special oh, it's sensor not just that's the camera. on board. It's not, no, no, it's not just the camera. Right. So okay. it, it is handy. I, I did fall into a situation the other day. I was, I was uh, en route home from Philadelphia uh, last week and uh, we were at the airport and my son was doing homework and I fell into an interesting situation where I have parental controls on a lot of their devices mm. just to kind of limit time. And we, we, one of them is that the thing shut down at around eight o'clock at night. 
So eight o'clock at night, they're just done. They they're off technology. It gives them some wind down time before bed. Yeah. And uh, we were at the airport, and it's now like eight thirty at night. We're waiting at the gate, and my son's trying to do homework, and the computer's locked down. <laughs> and uh, there was no way to connect to the airport's Wi-Fi, or or sorry, I was able to connect to the airport's Wi-Fi, but when you connect to these hotspots, sometimes a window browser window pops up. And then gives you, you have to like accept it or whatever to get yeah. into the system. And it wouldn't let that happen. And I, so I wasn't, he wasn't able to use the machine at all. And I kind of caused it. So of course he's pissed at me for not getting able to do his homework <laughs> and blaming me for it. Yeah. And, uh, and I, so I was, I was stuck in that situation. So if you're ever out there and you need to put these parental controls on, remember the situations you might be in. Try to think a bit ahead of time. But I love these machines. I love, I love, I love Windows 11. I think it's great. I've been really enjoying it. I mean, I'm back using Audacity on there. I know that's the the joke when it comes to a lot of people when they talk about editing software. But, you know, it's the basic one. It's the easy to use. It's fully accessible. I love it. And it does all the things I need it to do. And it got me into multi-track audio editing after a long period without that. Because, you know, when I had to switch to screen readers uh, using Adobe Edition, <clears throat> as I was using at the time, it's just not accessible. And especially modern editions are just not accessible. Nothing is accessible about that application uh, or any, frankly, of the Adobe applications, which I just find so frustrating. Um, however, uh, Audacity is free. It works great. A lot of blind yeah. people are using Reaper at the moment. They love that. And Amadeus on the Mac is good as well. But um, And, of course, if you're really into Pro Tools and things like that, those are all really accessible as well. But, you know, I think for what I'm doing, to be honest, I'm doing one or two, even three tracks at a time. It is more than good enough. But this thing is fast. This is running an i7 processor, an 11th gen. It's got 16 gig RAM in it, and it's got a 512 gig SSD in there. And it is fast. I mean, it's, yeah, it's no, I, I mean, coping yeah. really well. Yeah, it, listen, it's, uh, again, it's all about use cases, really. I think at the end of the day, really, it always comes down to that. How are you going to use this machine? What are you using it for? And sometimes you just have everything you need. What, an interesting story that came out this week is there's also a version of the new Surface, the Surface Pro 9, which, by the way, is, it's almost identical to the Surface Pro 8, minus the fact there's no headphone jack. And based on my calculations, it's actually slightly lighter and thicker. Okay. Um, that's based on the little scale I have in my kitchen. Um, but the, there's an, a 5G version that they finally came out with that everybody's excited about. But the 5G version version is an ARM-based device. ARM is a competitor processor to Intel, and it doesn't run a full proper version of Windows 11. It runs an ARM version of Windows 11, yeah. which is not the greatest version of Windows 11. So there's a lot of chatter online about the fact that there's a little bit of miscommunication here in terms of, great, you want this nice 5G-enabled device, you got to get the ARM version, but wait, you can't really run everything you want to run the way you want to run it. So, so have just you, take have that you ever tried? Caution. Have you ever tried running? Of course, you don't have an M1 at the moment, but if you had an I M1, have an M1 uh, I do have one. I have an M1 Mac Mini, and I've got an M1, and uh, I might have a laptop I could test on myself. Because what I would suggest is try Parallels, and try downloading Windows 11 on there and running that. I've got to tell you, my experience with Windows on the Mac is always great. <laughs> yeah. I am amazed at what software this thing was capable of running, really? how efficient it was. I was running Audacity on it, actually, and it's one of the reasons. In a, in a VM. In a VM, yeah. And, I, and I was editing, wow. and it was fast, it was responsive. And that was not a base-level Mac Mini. That wasn't on anything new. I mean, on my MacBook, uh, I've got my M2 MacBook Air here, which I've just put it on. And, yeah, I mean, it is screamingly fast. To the, the point problem, that I'm like, you know what? Do I need this Surface Pro? Really? I can just have it all in the one? I mean, yeah, potentially. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm the opposite, though. I kind of, like, I love the Microsoft hardware. Mm -hmm. I really, really do. Like, the Surface Pro lineup is phenomenal. The screen size is great. The portability is wonderful. And I want to be able to use Mac OS on it. It's not about using Windows. Yeah, it's not about using Windows on the Mac, which is great sometimes, but I've really like, there's nothing that I can do in Windows that I can't do on a Mac, nothing. I know this is very different for using screen readers and a lot of the, you know, talk back and all that stuff, I get it. But for me, there's nothing I can't do on a Mac. I'm talking about Excel, everything, there's nothing. So if I've got a Mac, there's no reason for me to run Windows, nothing. And look, I I'm gonna tell you, there's a lot of blind people who would say the same thing. 
right? A lot of blind people who get on absolutely fine with their Mac and don't have any issues with it at all. In fact, can do more on it. And arguably, you can do more because movie editing is more accessible. Um, audio editing arg arguably is through th programs like GarageBand. I mean, the great thing is all that software is free, right? So it's all built into the system. You don't have to go out and buy anything else. Once you've bought the machine, that's it. There was a time when we used to have the argument that having a PC was a better option because you you know you could buy a PC, Macs were really expensive. But now, of course, they're kind of on a par. And also, if you want to have JAWS, you've got to pay on top of that. So you buy a Mac, the screen reader, the magnification software, all the accessibility features, they're all built in, they all work, and they're all great, with caveats, obviously. But, yeah. you know, to, to the most part, they're absolutely fine. So... You know, it, it it does come down to use case. You're absolutely right. And I think just to kind of round this off, I want to just say from your perspective, you are, because I know a lot of people will listen to this and think, well, that's interesting. Mark's holding off on buying a new Mac. But we have to be clear. You're not using this like a regular user, right? You're not just using this to browse well, your emails and type I, I your document. To, I, need and to I need to explain that a little bit. The funny thing is, is that ever since COVID and since working from home and having this nice, expensive, you know, machine in my basement, again, I must throw in that I'm leasing this. There's no way I would pay $21,000 for a machine. <laughs> um, I, I find the need for a laptop is definitely few and far between, and I'm using it more so when I'm not downstairs. And the reason I don't, uh, yeah, why don't you just go downstairs and use your computer? My family's upstairs, things going on when people are doing things and hanging out and I need to just open my computer for something to do something or just do some research or whatever. You still kind of don't want to have to go downstairs to your office and do it because I also tend to get distracted and carried away and start doing other things. And I don't well, want to do right, that. Yeah. And you, you got to get and out of the I, office, right? you got to get out of it sometimes. Yeah. Plus, plus, you know, now that we're all getting out of the house and I am traveling a bit and my daughter is at Ringette and stuff, I can get some work done there. And the type of work that I do on a traditional daily basis is either research and emails and that kind of stuff or online kind of stuff that any computer will do honestly but i need to the ability if it comes up and it does come up to be able to open a premiere session a 4k premiere session or a large adobe audition project i need to be able to open it and be able to work on it in some capacity I don't need it to be the fastest thing in the world. I don't need it to be the most responsive thing in the world, but I need to be able to get whatever it is done, done in the event that I am traveling and a client has a problem with something. We do an episode of double tap TV. We deliver it. And, you know, down the road, someone says, Hey Mark, this is screwed up. We need to fix it. If I'm in Florida, if I'm in Philadelphia, if I'm in California and something comes up, I need to be able to access that stuff. Number one, which is why we use things like Dropbox and then I need to be able to open it and quickly make the changes and things that I do. Now, I know the argument's going to be, well, Mark, you can connect to your old machine and just do it over the Internet. It's not. It's just not fast enough. No, the it's Internet speed. Well, and I wish it wasn't. I really wish it wasn't. I wish that I would be able to take, for example, this Mac Mini M1 that I have here to my left, pop it right on my network, which I do. And it's on a fast network. And, be, and it's remote control it and be able to actually do things that are productive. Yeah. If I could do that, then I could take a Surface Pro 9. I could connect to it anywhere over Wi-Fi and actually do it and get work done. But for some reason, the remote connectivity technology for things like that is just not there. Yeah. So that's I think why we, we... I, I wait and I try to figure out what I need to buy so that and it really is. I'm paying more money for an eventuality, but it's. Yeah. Unfortunately, just the way it is for me. Well, stick around because I want to uh, come up with a suggestion for you. Based on more rumors this week, I think you're going to be very happy uh, because you want to get the Mac experience on a tablet-like device. I have a solution for you. Stick around. This is Double Tap. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at DoubleTapOnAir.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Double Tap. Stephen and Mark with you this week. Sean's not been well for the past couple of days. Oh, <laughs> poor Sean. Just means more work for me, basically. It's just typical, isn't it? And I've got a minute's peace. Why would you get a minute's peace? What are you talking about? You've got to, someone's got to pick up the slack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, he doesn't do that much, so thankfully there wasn't a lot to do. Uh, anyway, um, I want to mention... 
<laughs> I want to mention uh, a rumour which was kicking around about um, iPads in the past couple of weeks. Apparently, in 2023, uh, the new version of macOS, whatever it will be, macOS 14, will um, be available on iPad Pros. So the rumour Where says, Where are you hearing this? I'm reading this on the internet. And as you well know, the internet is never wrong. I don't believe a lick of that. Well, it makes... Now, I will say this. They're saying this would be on M3 iPads, iPad Pros. So this is going to really distinguish it out from being the, you know, from the original iPad. This is going to be like a Mac OS. And they're saying it's Mac OS on iPad. So the rumor suggests. I don't know if that's going to be a mixed version of iPad OS and Mac OS, or they're just going to ditch iPad OS on the Pro and just move on to Mac OS. That would be interesting, right? I listen. This has been, and it's probably within a small niche community, and I think it's the community of video editors and creators and stuff like that who have been dreaming of this moment for many, many years especially since Apple released the M1 and put it in laptops and desktops because that's the same chip that was first released in an iPad. Yeah. So you're taking a chip and from an iPad and putting it into a desktop and you're telling me that nobody's tried to run Mac OS on that iPad? Of course. Come they on. Have. Of course of they course have. They have. They'll be running right but now I, I'm somewhere. Amazed. I I'm sure Apple is, but I'm amazed because there's a world of hackintoshes, people who are building their own machines and installing yeah, macOS yeah. on it, that we've not seen anybody successfully get macOS onto an iPad. Hackers are... I'm, I'm so surprised. I haven't searched this in a while. Every time I do, and I think I'm going down the rabbit hole the right way, it ends up just being someone who's virtualizing it from a remote desktop or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... It's got to work. I mean, the hardware's there, the processor's there, the RAM is there. It's all there. It's just a matter of getting drivers to connect and a touchscreen to work. And macOS works with a touchscreen. We've seen it when you've extended your display onto an iPad and you can actually do stuff. So I'm super excited about this because this goes back to my previous statement in the last segment, which is I don't need a laptop anymore at that point. If I can run it and run the software that I'm using, I know it works beautifully and I am one. So what, it's a smaller packet? Give me. Give me! <laughs> but I think that I think there's a couple of things that need to happen first. And one of the biggest issues with iPads, and actually not so much iPads, but more Mac itself, is that there isn't a lot of bandwidth, especially on M1. As we moved on to M2, we've seen more bandwidth come along. So you can have more Thunderbolt devices connected, more monitors connected, all that stuff that people will want to do. And maybe that's why they're holding off till the M3 to actually allow for more bandwidth to mean that you can have more devices connected up. So you could just plug in a dock to your iPad that is a Thunderbolt 4 or Thunderbolt 5 possibly by that point, and that would have the kind of capability to run, so this say, would be, 4AK monitors or whatever it is they want to do. So this is the next version of macOS, you're saying? So it's next version, and the rumor is it will be on the M3 iPad Pros. M3 iPad Pros. So that would be this time next year. I can wait. <laughs> I, I think that's I think that's reasonable. I think that's likely. What is it? Uh, Here's I'd the question: to, yeah. what, what does it do to the MacBook? Do you think? Are, are they killing oh, off it, the it iPad? It changes. The it, cha uh, it definitely changes things for the MacBook. Definitely for the MacBook Air. Absolutely for the MacBook Air. Cat completely cannibalizes that. Yeah. Um, they'd have to get a keyboard folio that has a bigger trackpad because we all want a really big trackpad. We really like the big trackpads on the MacBook, and nobody else does that. And they're kind of getting there with the new Folio keyboard for the existing, the current iPad, the new one that came out. Um, so I think we're getting there. But other than that, and and I, I'm trying to think storage-wise, they can put a terabyte of storage in an iPad. So in a year from now, they could probably put... It's up to two terabytes now, isn't it? Oh, yeah, we're at two terabytes. So they could probably put two or three terabytes. That's fine. And also, it's I should say, there's another rumor that's been kind of run, running around the same time, which was that next year they would launch a 16.1-inch and 14-inch iPad. So yeah, if that's the case... I don't know. That's pretty big. It's pretty big, but that kind of ties in, right? I mean, that makes sense then. You're starting to go down the route of... I mean, it sounds like they're almost competing with their own product on the MacBook Pro line. Um. 
and arguably in a much more functional device. I mean, if you can do all the things you can do in a MacBook Pro on an iPad and of the touchscreen and of the portability of a tablet, as well as, you know, all the other features that you get, that's a pretty interesting proposition, right? That is, that is a very, very interesting proposition. Something that I would ext- very much look forward to. We need to get someone like John Prosser on or, some, or Mark Gurman and talk to them about, about, you know, what they know, because they seem to have information that we just don't have. Well, either that or they're making it up. You know, I mean, but I, I somehow doubt it. I think this, the, it's coming from somewhere. Listen, I know a lot of stuff is be, is made up on a yeah. daily basis, but I think when we, by the time we actually hear stuff, um, it tends to be somewhat validated or some kind of logic behind it. I think. Yeah, it's interesting. It really is. It's a, it's a, it's a fascinating time. Um, I want to bring in just at this point. I want to bring in a, a comment from one of our listeners, uh, Tamara, oh, who has emailed in. One. Laura has read the email for us. I was wondering how the Apple Pro headphones would fit someone with a small corkscrew eardrum. I was just wondering, my question, sir, is if Stephen Scott had to pick one purchase, what would it be for the whole entire year? Just had to pick for one walkie-talkie and radio, what would it be that is accessible? And if Mike had to pick one smart home device, what would it be? Thanks for making me smile, guys. Keep up the great, wonderful job at technologyandaccessibility.gb. Biggest fan of the show, Tamara. Am I Mike? Am I Mike? Uh, you're Mike, yeah. I'm Mike. I just wanted to make sure. I, I think that's Mark, <laughs> but yeah, it could be. It could be Mark. It yeah. could be Mike. You can be whoever you want to be, quite frankly. I forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> right then, go on. What would you. Um, I, what, I, that's a difficult one. I'm going to have to think about well, this. Well, but... I mean, uh, but, but hang on. Go back to the, go back to the, um, the AirPods question. So this was a question about mm. um, do they fit in small eardrums? Well, you've got, you've got odd ears, haven't you? I do have odd ears, and, and, and they're actually abnormally small. Um, the, the hole is abnormally small. This sounds really wrong. Um, and I actually don't, I don't find the AirPods Pro to be comfortable. They constantly fall out no matter what they do. Even with the extra small ear tips, um, they're not comfortable in my ear. So um, I normally buy them, try them for the sake of the show and, and, and talking about them and then hand them off to my wife and say, here, you enjoy these, enjoy them. So um, I know the quality is great. I know they, they are phenomenal headphones. They just don't work in my ears. So sometimes you just got to move on. I do find the Beats Fit Pro, which is, um, again, similar technology, not, of course, updated yet for this latest generation, um, but they are really comfortable. They do fit in my ear. And because they have this little nub at the top that kind of wraps up and stays on the top of your ear it does stay in so i do like that a lot did you ever try the sony link buds uh i tried the open ones the one mm. with the hole in the middle and they weren't they were okay i have not tried the newer generation though okay is there a Should new I? gen I, th- I thought they were all just well there's the, the link buds the pro that don't have that hole in it all right oh, i didn't realize that okay that's interesting uh, I think there's yeah. another version of that. Mm. Yes, there is. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, I, the problem I have with those Sony Link Buds, as much as I like them, is I can't figure out how to get them in my ears. I still don't understand this. The donut is meant to go where? Where does the donut go? The donut goes over the whole of your ear. That's the right. so so that so that audio passes through it, and it kind of blasts sound into the ear that way. But you can still hear what's going on around you. That's the the point. Exactly. Right? So you don't need a transparency mode or anything like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, products we would buy. I honestly, I cannot think what I would say is, I mean, if you were to say to me to buy one thing in a year, if I had what choice of one thing, I, I honestly, I have no idea. Maybe, maybe I should look at it a different way, right? Because I, my wife is not into tech as much as I am, right? But she does like the tech she uses and in no way does she buy tech the way that we, you and I do. Recently, I got her something which she's been raving about, and that's the Envision glasses. Okay. So the Google Glass project, essentially, that Envision are using. And uh, she loves them. She is absolutely raving about them. So much so. And I was very kind, actually, very kind of, of Envision to send me a pair to try. Um, and, yeah, they are they are pretty phenomenal, actually. They are pretty amazing. And, you know, maybe that would be it. But that's, I think once you've bought that, you've kind of run your budget over the year, right? Because it's well, not exactly dollars for a machine like that. Now, here's yeah. the question. Did you ever ask Envision if um, they can install the app onto a, a pair of Google Glass if they buy Google, if you buy Google Glass or have a pair of Google, Google Glass? God, that's hard to say. 
Um, I didn't get an answer on that one. And I think that the reason for that is probably because I don't think you can. Can you go out and buy a pair of Google Glass now? And would you even bother if you can just you buy can. them from Envision? You can. I mean, obviously, actually, your situation is um, different, right? Because you've got Google Glass. You've got it sitting there. So could you essentially asking, retrofit? Yeah. yeah, could you put it on there? I mean, it must take over the glass entirely because really any of the, the Google controls... I don't know what Google Glass was like to operate before, but everything is running through this app. So this app runs from startup all the way through. You wouldn't even know this was a Google Glass product, to be perfectly honest. Um, so, yeah, interesting. But, um, yeah, well, thank you, Tamara. I appreciate that. You can keep your feedback coming. As always, we love getting your comments in. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. You can call us and leave a voicemail on one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. Um, Are we done yet? Is that it? It's no, over? we're not done yet. No, oh, it sounded like you were wrapping things up. I was like, does. what's going on here? You're getting excited though, aren't you? You're thinking, oh, good. I've got an early finish. It's an early start for the weekend. Um, I'm not lucky like that, am I? <laughs> no. Um, I wanted to talk to you about music because uh, Amazon Prime, I got an email the other day from Amazon Prime Music saying that my account had been updated. And then I started seeing tweets about this. That apparently, the entire library is now free to anybody who has an Amazon Prime account yes, with that's the caveat new. that yeah. it's on shuffle mode. So I'm guessing that's a bit like Spotify. Yeah. You can listen so to it. It's like it, their but own it playlist. Of, you can't choose songs. Yeah. You can, you, how, do you, how do you pick what to listen to? You just say play music and hope for the best? I mean, I think you could pick a genre, like play pop music, play rock music, and it'll go through its own little playlist of sorts. Right. But uh, that's kind of, that, I mean, the reason I, you see, this is, this is funny because it shows you how cyclical the world is. You know, we, we went from a world of radio where someone else picks what you like and what you listen to, to a world of control where you can control your own music and listen to it the way you want to. And then we start shuffling that music because we don't like to just have the predictability of what we want to listen to when we want to listen to it. But God forbid you put ads in there. Don't put ads in there to be like regular radio. <laughs> then by the way, to say we're going to lower the price of the, of the expensive tier of whatever service you listen to. And we're going to add ads to it, but you're okay with that because you're paying for it, but you're saving money. So you're going to go back to having ads. So what we've basically done, is we've given you radio back, <laughs> but now made you pay for it and listen to ads, but just pay a little bit less than you were paying for without the ads. So we've gone full circle, and yeah. actually somehow the the service provider the other day is making money off you, and nothing's changed. <laughs> I, I, and well, the only thing that's missing is the annoying radio presenter in the middle. Yes, exactly. But I mean, you can add those too if you'd like. The services you can have those guys back. <laughs> I can bring back the DJ. You know what? Just throw AI in there. This, this yeah. should be an option. Uh, AI introduce songs. Welcome back to Spotify. Today's <laughs> playlist includes Madonna, Janaya Twain, it Absolutely could do that, right? I mean, absolutely oh, that course, could happen. Of course. That would be so easy. And with the way synthetic voices are these days, I mean, it would you wouldn't even know it half the time. You could pick your favorite presenter's voice. You could be like, I love her. I want to listen to her all day. And then wouldn't just press the a, button. And wouldn't just... that be an awesome service? Yeah. A new music streaming service that's completely ad-driven. <laughs> basically radio. You pick the type of music you like. And you pick the, the voice of the announcer that you like. And you choose the location you live in uh, down to your postal code, your zip code. It could read local and news. And it'll give you... It'll give you the news. It'll give you the weather. Yep. <laughs> it'll be like Shania Twain on Stephen Scott's radio station today. It will be a beautiful day, 13 degrees and sunny. And tomorrow we're having a more chance of rain. Now a track by Metallica. <laughs> I'd listen to that. I would, I'd be quite happy with that. I would be. Ab Look, uh, I'm listening to these voices all the time, right? I may as well put them to use and make them do something interesting. Play me some music at least. Oh, that's so funny. There's something in that, there really is. Uh, but it has been an, it's been an interesting week in terms of tech news because, of course, everything's overshadowed by Twitter. Ever, everything's been talked about with, with Twitter and, and where it's all going to go. Um, and I think one area that I tweeted about this the other day that I would really like to see is Twitter open up more to third-party APIs. There was a period of time where you could pretty much, if you had a third-party application, you could get access to almost all the options that Twitter gave. Um, and, and there's two in particular which I'm interested in. One is alt text for images, which is a little bit hit and miss on third-party APIs. So some applications, because, and I say this because a lot of us 
in the blind community tend to struggle a little bit using Twitter in its native form. It's not entirely inaccessible. It really isn't. But there are some better applications out there. And it reduces things like the advertising and all the rest. Spring app is one which is very popular. Twitterific is another. Um, there are mm. lots of great applications out there which do really good stuff. And on the PC side, there's TW Blue, which is a blindness project, uh, which is a Twitter application, which is so cool because it actually runs invisibly on your computer. You would have no oh, idea cool. it's even there. It just runs invisibly. It doesn't have a GUI at all. The whole thing's just operated by keyboard commands. Um, and you can tweet and you can reply and you can like and you can share and you can do all that stuff, but there's no GUI at all, which is, is, is so cool. Um and then for some of us, and yes, believe it or not, this is real, there is an application called Chicken Nugget, which is oh, a okay. Windows application, and that is for uh, Twitter as well, which is kind of cool. Well, that's a little bit older. But a lot of these applications, I mean, Chicken Nugget's a good example of this, where it used to have the ability to do um, scheduling for tweets. What it did was it would link up with Buffer. So it would have a way to use Buffer in an accessible way to schedule tweets. But okay, when Twitter shut down all those third-party APIs, that killed all that. Um, hmm, I, all I think we should uh, tweet out to Mr. Musk. Yeah, well, I, I did this week. I sent a message. I said, could we you know, get on this? And, and you know, a lot of people on Twitter have followed and said, yeah, actually, do you know what? This would be kind of cool. Um, because I mean, the thing is, if he wants to make it an open platform, then it should be as accessible as possible. I'm all for that. You know, I think let's, let's open this thing up. Let's, let's bring in all the – you know, we're going to bring in all the haters – we may as well bring on all the nice people as well. Ah, we don't like nice people. We want haters. I must admit, they're more interesting, that's for sure. <laughs> it does I, I think definitely. <laughs> Listen, you know what? It doesn't hurt to, to tweet Mr. Musk and then see what his response is. Sometimes he uh, eventually gets through all the clutter and eventually answers all this stuff for you. Yeah, which is which is really, really cool. Um, I just want to mention, uh, because this is a product I love when you're on, because I get the chance to talk about things which I... Um, you know, maybe get, don't get the chance to talk about from an accessibility point of view because they're not massively relevant. Uh, and one is the new Apple TV, the new Apple TV 4K. Yeah, I haven't. I was going to buy this, but I don't. I don't. I'm fine with mine. I don't find <laughs> so it. So what's wrong right with now. the one you've got, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I do normally update, but I did. I didn't this generation. I don't know why I didn't even. I don't know. I even canceled my my iPad order. Oh, did you? I you didn't it, even bother. Yeah, right, I okay. didn't even bother. Well, it was an expensive week. With the MetaQuest Pro arriving at uh, twenty two hundred dollars Canadian, and um, so I said, you know what? Let's worry. I mean, iPads. I mean, you can get an iPad almost any day now. I, I find that the the, the uh, there's less issue getting a hold of these things. Yeah. So I figured I can go pick that up anytime, and I will. I will go pick one up. I, I'm going to decide if I'm going to keep the MetaQuest Pro or not. Uh, I'll, I'll figure it out. But this is the problem, guys. We do buy all the stuff that we hear us talk about. Not everything is just sent to us and no. given in our laps. Most of the time, it's here, have it, and then take it away from us. Yeah, I mean, I do. Well, that's right. People do send it sometimes, but you know, they do want it back. Um, I did order the new iPad. I've been playing with it. Um, I had a lot of issues setting up. the uh, The accessibility was all over the shop at the start, so I don't know what's going on there. But gave it a couple of restarts, and it was fine. I've been wanting to play with iPad OS sixteen. That's really what I'm interested in. I know point one is out, point two is coming. Um, but I'm really intrigued to see because my immediate reaction. So when I updated my iPad Pro which I've had for years, uh, the iPad Pro, uh, you very kindly gave me the Logitech keyboard for it, the folio, which it makes yeah. it very similar to a, a Surface. Was that actually. when you were in Montreal? You just went through picking through just, my drawers? I just went through your drawers yeah, and just started okay, taking yeah. stuff. Yeah, it was great. My suitcase was double the weight when I got back. And you know what's great about being blind? They don't, you know that whole declare thing? You just walk right through and no one bothers with you. You just like, whatever. You know what? Ever since COVID, they don't ask you what you have anymore. They're just like, you, did you exceed anything? <laughs> no. Okay. Thank you. I, I, I don't Back know. The I would be allowed to, to exceed most... with chocolate. That's no. about it. You know what they they used to um, they used to ask you what's the most expensive thing you bought, mm. and they'd watch you squirm and try to figure out like what you ripped the tags off of or what you didn't rip <laughs> the tags off of. Like, I mean, it's ridiculous. So it, but nowadays, it's it's a lot better. But yeah, so I managed to get iPad Pro. Um, iPad OS 16 onto the iPad Pro. And um, I will say that the accessibility has improved a lot. It used to be really bad. It was all over the place. Couldn't make sense of where you were on screen. Always felt a little bit all at sea on an iPad. And a lot of blind people tend to avoid them because they're just too big, right? You can do it all on an iPhone. Why would you bother? I mean, for a screen reader user, the great thing about an iPhone is everything's in list form. It's just like a big list. 
because everything's in columns, right? But yeah. on an iPad, those columns are extended and you have multiple columns on the screen. So how do you navigate through them all? Well, they've, they've managed to improve this a lot. So it's something I want to be talking about more on the show because I think it's actually before I used to think iPads, whatever. But now with the keyboard, now with this talk of possibly macOS coming to it, of course, that changes things, right? Because yeah, of course, it doesn't really matter what you do with iPadOS now, because if it's going to become macOS, then happy days. I, I really am I'm quite intrigued by this. I think it's going to be an interesting year next year. I mean, not only are we going to possibly see macOS appear on an iPad, but we may also finally see Apple Glass in whatever form that takes. Yeah. Sure. Uh huh. I believe you. <laughs> I know. I, I get so many emails from people saying, "Would you stop talking about product?" They've been complaining that I've been talking about product, frankly, that doesn't exist for the best part of, you know, two years about about this point. And um, yeah, th- that's true. That is true. But equally, I am waiting for it, and I do think, although yeah, we all are, I, I think as much as I'm excited about it, I have a hunch that when it actually comes out, I'm not going to be that interested in it because I have a, a fear it's going to be equal to what the meta quest is and if that's the case I, i'm not interested in that product that product does nothing I, for I, me yeah i don't know this is why i'm curious to see what it ends up being because when there's one thing that comes out of tim cook's mouth a lot and that is he's really excited about augmented reality mm. and augmented reality can come in so many shapes or form and i think that we all have this dream of just a regular pair of glasses that you throw on that you can suddenly have computing information overlaid on your world and i think we're not there yet we're just not technologically there yet with battery and everything it just doesn't make sense yet yeah um well that's that's interesting yeah and but i will say this you know i remember when the lidar sensor came out and i thought to myself what's the point in this why should i get excited about it and then the first the first thing they bring out is a feature for blind people called people detection and now they've brought out door detection. And to be honest, they're only really using the LiDAR sensor now for accessibility features, which is really interesting. Um, although, as a blind friend said to me the other day, it's so weird that all these detection features for blind people are inside the Magnifier app because a lot of blind people never touch the Magnifier app. Why would you? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I think they could maybe do with moving some of that stuff out. Actually, a lot of people could benefit from that. People detection, you know, door detection, all these kind of things. It's not exclusive to blind people, right? So, yeah, we could certainly improve that a little bit. Anyway, look, we're out of time, but thank you for being with what? me this week. I know, we're done. We're out. But oh um, hopefully Sean gets better soon. We'll hopefully get him back in on Monday. Otherwise, you're coming back. Oh, that's fine. I'm good. I can get up early. We can no do problems. the daily thing together if you want. We'll just do it all together. Be great. Yeah, why not? Come on. I mean, Sean who, right? <laughs> We've always got these emails from Dean from New Zealand telling us to get rid of him. So there you go. Problem solved. Medically taken care of. Thank you. <laughs> Catch you next time, guys. Have a great weekend. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.